Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And uh, this is another uh, isolation special for you guys. <laughs> we're, uh, you know, we're we're still in our, our separate homes recording. And uh, we're, again, just kind of throwing out some throwing out some ideas because um, we haven't really found a way to uh, an easy way to to watch a movie and take notes and record on all of that. So this time we're going to just give you guys some recommendations for things that you can binge watch because I know that's what I've been doing a lot of lately. <laughs> yeah. Just we're, that we're and getting... video games have been what's going oh, on in my house. So I've, I haven't had, because I've, I've been working from home, which is a new experience for me. And so I start working from home at like a quarter to eight and then get off at, you know, I clock out at five. And after that, my brain is just kind of like tapioca. I, <laughs> I don't have the mental energy to, to think about a video game. I literally just like, I go to one of the main streaming services and I just, I hit play on something and then I do nothing the rest of the evening. Well, I mean, I'm not playing anything really. Um, what's the word? Mentally challenging. Uh-huh. A new DLC for Borderlands dropped, and oh, my husband loves Borderlands. Right. So we we've been playing Borderlands three. We just restarted the whole game with brand new characters. Yeah, and we, literally the last five days has been us playing Borderlands every night. <laughs> so recording is a welcome change right now. Not that I don't enjoy Borderlands, but I'm kind well, of just kind of like okay, mix it up a little. Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta 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 break up to break things up every now and again so and we're gonna do several of these binge like things we want we think you should binge or, or recommendations for yeah we're, what you can do while you're in isolation yes things things to do when one is <laughs> spending a lot of time by oneself um <laughs> so mainly like we're we're uh we're gonna throw in a couple of movies but mainly i know like most of we were we were talking about this pre-record but um mm-hmm. But most of my recommendations are TV shows. So same. Um, but anyway, uh, do you want to go ahead and get us started? Sure, uh, I can start. So the first one that I would recommend as a fun, not a good binge watch, I'll say, uh, is the sci-fi series The Expanse. Mm-hmm. It aired from 2015 to 2018 on Sci-Fi. It's now on Amazon Prime uh, and has already been renewed for a fifth season. But it has so you have four seasons on Amazon Prime. Uh, it stars Stephen Strait, Cass Anvar, Dominic Tipper, Wes Chatham, Thomas Jane. Um, oh, I and I got Tom the IMDb Jane. synopsis. I got the IMDb synopsis of this just to like make my life easier. Uh, a police detective in the asteroid belt, the first officer of an interplanetary ice freighter, and an earthbound United Nations executive slowly discover a vast conspiracy theory. Sorry, no, a vast conspiracy that threatens the Earth's rebellious colony on the asteroid belt. It's based on a series of novels uh, called The Expanse. Mm-hmm. And Have you the first book's called those? the first. I am. I've read. I'm on okay. the fifth book. The first book is called Leviathan's Wake, and it's very like it's got some noir esque things. It's real. The books are really interesting. And I'll talk about them at another time. But the show, um, I had trouble getting into it when I first started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very like science correct for a yeah. space show. It's so interesting. Like, and the more you, and Shorey Agdashlu is on there, who I've mentioned before. She's the uh, Earthbound United Nations executive, mm-hmm. but but like it's it just gets and Thomas Jane is the police detective 
Uh, and Stephen Strait is the officer of the interplanetary ice freighter. But the longer you go, the more it becomes about this found family on the ship, which is just those first four that I mentioned. And it like it it just every every season has gotten deeper and deeper uh, into things. Every season has gotten deeper and deeper into things. Yeah. But like the first season is most of the first book and like first season and a half is the first book. The second season, the, the next like season, end of season two and part of season three is the second book. And then the rest of season three is the third book. Season four is just the fourth book. Like they did, like wow. they're doing very good at sticking to, they brought in some stuff from the fifth book at, at the end of season four, but for the most part, like they, they build out the world, which is such a really cool because Kia, the books are based on a D and D campaign basically nice like yeah the world was based in a D, not D, but an rpg tabletop game that they had created and one of the guys used to work for george R. R. martin that wrote the show or that wrote the books and the show is really similar but just different enough that i enjoy both mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that is my first one is the expanse it's on amazon prime you can watch all four seasons. I I just really enjoy that show. And the characters are phenomenal, especially Wes Chatham as Amos. Amos yeah. is, I just love Amos. <laughs> Amos in the books, Amos in the movies, or in the show. Yeah. He's just so great. Okay. Um, the second one is 12 Monkeys, mm-hmm. which was also a sci-fi show. Uh, it's on Hulu right now. <laughs> it aired from 2015 to 2018. Starring Aaron Stanford, Amanda Shul, and Kirk Acevedo. I did know that uh, Amanda Shul was in it. Amanda Shul is the main female in it. I, yeah, I love her. It's it's a like it is um, based on the movie a little bit, the, the yeah. movie Twelve Monkeys, but it expands more into what like the story because it's based on like a French short story. Um, it expands much more. It's the journey of a time traveler from the post-apocalyptic future who appears in the present day on a mission to locate and eradicate the source of a deadly plague that will nearly destroy the human race. Mm-hmm. And that is basically the first season. And it gets like, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. It's like four seasons long. And the last episode is a remarkable, just a remarkable way to, to tie up a series. Like I, it's one of the few sci-fi shows that I went, I don't see a lot of holes in this. Right. Yeah. I, um, I remember you telling me about it and, 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 and recommending it to me. I, yeah. Well, one, of the reasons one, of my I, stuff to watch. one of the reasons I wanted to mention it on here, especially is because it is a binge show. It is <laughs> yeah. one that when you start, you don't want to stop. Yeah. Like I feel that way about the expanse and the and 12 monkeys. Like it's just, Mm-hmm. The, they're they're two that I fell into the rabbit hole on and just couldn't climb out until we finished them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the magicians, which I've mentioned before um, on another another episode. Uh, it actually is. It ends. It ended as of the when this episode will air. It will have ended uh, the like first of April. Mm-hmm. It the last episode of the series. I would recommend the first four series pretty strongly. The last one's been a little weak. I don't know that I would recommend it as hard. Um, and there is some some trigger warning stuff in the last season. The first three seasons are phenomenal. Uh, the last two seasons had some issues, and I kind of blame Sarah Gamble for that. Um, <laughs> We've I, blamed I, I, Sarah I mean, Gamble for a lot of things. Uh, it just has some some really big mental health issues toward the yes. end that that bothered me a lot watching it i understand as as a writer i understand why they made the decisions they did a lot of people did not 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did have some issues with, with, they also did some, some people looked at it as queer baiting. I, I saw it differently, but I can understand where they got that. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, but so yeah, the magicians, which is Hale Appleman. And I did not get the, everybody written down on that show, but yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> my fourth one was leverage. Um, leverage which is you can, the best. It's so great. Uh, it aired from 2008 to 2012 on TNT. You can watch it free on IMDb TV uh, and Pluto TV with commercials. They're, they both have commercials in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it stars Tim Hutton, Gina Bellman, Aldous Hodge, Christian Kane, and Beth Reese Graff. Crew of high-tech crooks. Yeah. Attempt to steal from wealthy criminals and corrupt businessmen. I mean, it's it's Ocean's Eleven, but Robin Hood style. Like, yeah. Like, every week is, is like a, an Ocean's Eleven style thing like whether they're stealing something or just running a con it's every week and it makes you feel good like it i hate to say that it does it makes you feel happy about like you want to believe it, that humanity has these people in existence <laughs> like I, I literally finished an episode before we started recording kia <laughs> i was finishing the mile high job which is the first season oh uh, um, that's that's a great a good episode one. it's yeah it's got sarah rue as a guest star it's a great episode in in kind of the scope of the show for whatever reason i tend to forget about that one because <laughs> it's not one of the flashier ones and also you know they mm-hmm. have they have another one that like takes place at an airport later and so that yes. one that one's the one that comes to mind first but yeah i there's also i don't know what it is like season one there's some like there's some great like iconic episodes in season one but it tends to not be my favorite for some reason oh yeah so, season three is probably my favorite oh i am yes the same season um, i have a season three i have a lot that i like i enjoy every season i don't think there's an episode that i just skip i don't, I don't think there's ever an episode i just skip of this show um i think I've had i can, a and I can say the same thing about what did i think i've had a couple that i will skip mm-hmm. But right now, I can't remember what they are. Well, like the nice thing about the Mile High Job is that's actually the first episode where we get our Doctor Who references. Yes, um, because they're going that's through their their fault their their fake identities, and you get Tim Hutton's character going. I've got, I've got Peter Davison, Sylvester McCoy, uh, and I got Tom Baker. Oh, I have a Sarah ba- a Sarah Jane Baker, which those are yes. Sarah Jane was a character, but Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Sylvester McCoy all played. The, a different version of the doctor so that's yeah like a really fun they do a lot of fun homages there's there's so many doctor who references in that show and that leverage mm-hmm. is also an example of like you can tell that nerds write the show yes and because you know there there are so many just like little like offhanded references to doctor who and mm-hmm. and star trek and and all this kind of stuff because like um well, I mean, they get Will Wheaton on the show. Yeah. Oh, who yeah. Who played on Star Trek Next Generation. And well, he and, actually and makes Jerry, a TNG joke. Yeah. And, you know, Jerry Ryan is in the bulk mm-hmm. of season two. Um, yep. Yeah. They, it, Leverage is such a great show. It, it is It is one that we both frequently talk about how much we love. And I've yes. seen like a renewal of the love of it on Tumblr as people have been stuck inside. Yes. So I'm like, yeah, just bring it back. <laughs> John Rogers, I'm looking at you. I, I know I, Christian Kane's really busy right now, but. <laughs> At least, like, at least let's get the gang back for, you know, Leverage movie. Yeah, but Christian Kane's making that almost paradise show now, so. Yeah. With Dean Devlin, who Dean Devlin produced and directed several episodes of Leverage. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, who some of you will already know my love of him, some of you won't. 
but Jonathan Frakes, who played on Next Generation and stuff like that, he's now a TV director. He directed a lot. So many episodes of Leverage. A lot of Leverage. And he has a really special place for it, too. Yeah. Um, and then my last one that is on the list is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, yes. Yes. And it's, that's 20... Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, it. it is absolutely, like, one of the greatest television shows on the air right now. Yeah, uh, it's 2013 to present, started on Fox, now it's on NBC, stars Andy Samberg, Stephanie Beatrice, Terry Crews, Andre Brower, Melissa Fumero, and Joe Latruglio. Can't skip any of those people because they're all super important. (laughs) They're all very Um, important. Although it made me laugh, the IMDb synopsis says it's about Jake. (laughs) Jake Peralta, an immature but talented NYPD detective in Brooklyn's 99th precinct, comes into immediate conflict with his new commanding officer, the serious and stern Captain Raymond Holt. To be fair... 98% 98% of the time, Jake has the A story. That's fair. Especially early on. Yes. Um, the, the more, the later we've gotten into the show, the less that, that happens. But yeah, early on, it's been, it was very much Andy Samberg and Andre Brower's vehicle. Yes. And then it has. And, and that's, that's because like they, they were the names. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were the names. Well, them and Terry Crews. Yeah. Everybody yes, knew those Terry three Cruz, people. Yeah. But yeah, the they just the, everybody in that show is phenomenal. It is so funny and it's smart funny. It's like, oh it yeah, and that's I my favorite have, thing about it. Yeah, I have I have a big crush on on Brooklyn Nine Nine for being like there are some things in it that are just so dumb funny, and yeah. um and like I don't know why like the Jimmy Jab games. It's one of my favorite things about the show, and it's only been it only been used twice. Yeah, they just did um, it again. Yeah, yeah, they just did the Jimmy Jabs again. Um, but that all of the heist episodes are my favorite. Um, Picking a like, favorite ep- episode <laughs> is very difficult, and we're going to talk in depth a bunch more about them because we have two different couples OTPs that are from that show. Yes, we do. That we both just adore. Yeah. So, oh, it's such a great show. <laughs> <laughs> like i i literally connected with somebody on ok cupid the other day and basically our entire conversation was was like brooklyn 99 is so great <laughs> it is it, it, it's true oh, it's so great uh did you have any like honorable mentions or um, yeah i've got i've got a few <laughs> you got a few um the first one i'll just say really quickly is jessica jones it's on netflix oh yeah um that's a great ben show uh, a, a show that's wildly unknown and should be known everywhere is Gallivant. Um, Agreed. It's on Netflix, but it's two seasons, short seasons, half hour episodes. It's a musical show, musical fantasy, comedy adventure. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, like Tim Omenson is in it. I, We're big fans of Tim Omenson. Tim Omenson was the reason that I wanted to watch it. Um, my husband came in and sang <laughs> Gallivant. <laughs> Um, it's one of his blah, favorite blah, shows. Blah, blah, the music in it is by Alan Menken. I mean, Alan Menken, you can't you can't go wrong. Uh, and it was created by Dan Fogelman, who wrote the movie Tangled, and also you know created and writes This Is Us, which is a huge mm-hmm. popular show now. Um, and yeah, though, and then Stargate Atlantis because I mentioned Stargate SG One so often. <laughs> Stargate Atlantis <laughs> is the spinoff that I absolutely adore, but I don't have a couple on it <laughs> that I adore. Right. I just love the show in general. Jason Momoa is on it to give people a little bit of oomph to go watch it. It's on Hulu to be streamed and Amazon prime. Ooh. Uh, and then the other one. And at the time of when we, when this episode airs, if I did my math correctly, mm-hmm. there will be a week left on what I'm going to 
going to talk about. We're not sponsored by anybody. Let me also say that ahead of time. The The show Star Trek Picard is on CBS All Access. Uh, you can get a free month of it if you sign up before the 23rd of April with the promo code GIFT, G-I-F-T. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart sent that out. You can get a free month of CBS All Access, but you have to sign up before April 23rd. That should, if my math is correct, give you about a week to sign up if you're interested. Um, and Picard is, I mean, we talked about Jerry Ryan a minute ago, but like Jerry Ryan is in like f- three or four episodes mm-hmm. and she's phenomenal in it. Um, I mean, Patrick Stewart is just as good as he's ever been in anything in this. I I uh, didn't watch a ton of, mm-hmm. of the, of the uh, Picard years of of TNG. star trek yeah i didn't watch a lot of it at that point like and i've i've watched enough uh um, yeah to kind of you know like i know who the characters are and you know kind of their their quirks and things like that but um but let me tell you i have i have thought about watching picard just for everything you keep telling me about santiago well, cabrera santiago i was gonna bring him up santiago cabrera is in it he plays six different six to seven different characters um <laughs> but they're all facets of the same person. Yes. It's kind of hard to explain. But he's in it. Michelle, I think it's Michelle Hurd is her name, plays Raffi. She's really good in it. Um, the kid who plays Elnor, I've never seen him in anything else. But there's a scene in the last episode. And see, a lot of people have issues with it. And I'm willing to talk about your issues. Please email them to me because I want to talk about them. <laughs> but but um, th- there's a scene in the last episode that he did a thing that left me wrecked. Josh could tell you I sobbed for the last hour of the show. Not because it was all sad, but it it just hit me in a, like, and the whole show hits me emotionally because I grew up with TNG, but like, it's the story of an old man going on an adventure to save his bet to, to like try to make up for the fact that one of his best friends died saving his life. Mm-hmm. And the, I would say that's really the only thing you really, there's like two things you need to know before you watch it. And that's that Picard was once a creature called a Borg, Locutus of Borg. And it was a bad deal. It was very bad, very traumatizing. And that in the final movie, the character Data played by Brent Spiner died saving Picard's life. That Mm -hmm. is literally all that I would say you have to know going into it. Yeah. Because Data, even though Brent Spiner's in a few episodes, they're as dream sequences and stuff as data um his presence is felt throughout it because of that weight of he gave his life for picard and picard feels like that that earned something like like picard needs to pay that back somehow yeah and and it's just it's so good and like i said the acting is just a lot of people really don't like it it, that that like star trek and i don't get I, i get that but i don't get that in the same breath because they say it's too dark. It's too this. Yeah. It's no darker than anything else. It's just told over a longer period of time. Cause most of the time TNG, you had 45 minutes. Like right. that, that was the way that TV worked back then. You only had one, maybe two episodes to really do a story. Mm-hmm. So they stretch this over 10 and that makes it seem a lot darker. Um, but also it features Jonathan Frakes returning as Riker in two, in, in I think two episodes and like it, at least in one he's on, it's just so good. Like it just, the relationship between Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Stewart carries over onto the screen because mm. they are 
wonderful friends. Anyway, I'm sorry. I can ramble about that one for <laughs> a really, really long time because I think it's really great, but it's only 10 episodes right now. So mm-hmm. it didn't, I didn't know that it really warranted like, Hey, go binge this because you'll be done in like two days. <laughs> yeah. But well, Hey, two days is two days. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's okay. me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, and I, I'm looking over my list now. Um, and I'm realizing I lied. I did have, I had, well, I was going to say two movies, but technically that's not true. Um, <laughs> I had, I had one more other than what I mentioned to you. The first thing mm-hmm. I'm going to mention, this is as far as I know, as far as I know, it's not streaming anywhere. So um, you, you would have to find your own like resources to watch it. But the first thing I'm going to recommend, and this harkens back to many a weekend in college of all of us getting together and watching the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Woohoo! And the the theatrical editions are fine, but you can't beat the joy that comes with watching the extended edition films, especially with the cast commentary. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, it's like nothing beats, like nothing beats that. It's just, it is pure like comedy gold. Um, Can you take a tag on a tog? Yeah. Still waiting for that answer. (laughs) Oh gosh, there's, there's so much good stuff in those. And like you, you could waste an entire day just watching the special features from, Mm -hmm. from the Lord of the Rings extended editions too. So there, there's plenty there. If if you um, if you like, you can throw in the Hobbit extended editions. I think those are not for me. Is all I, is all I will say. I will leave that rant for another day. Um, <laughs> the other uh, the other movie that because I I just include the entire like Lord of the Rings trilogy films as like it's just one thing. You can't yeah. separate them. So. Um, I lump all of those into one. The other movie on my list is uh, The Rainmaker. And it is from, uh, it was from 1997. It was like very early in uh, Matt Damon's career. Um, but it's, it's Matt Damon, Danny DeVito. Uh, oh gosh, Claire Danes. I think Claire Danes was like 17 when this movie was made. Um but it's, you know, it's based on, I'm oh gosh, I'm trying to, sorry. John Voight is also in it. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. John Voight, uh, Danny Glover. There are so many great people in this movie. And um, I kind of went on a John Grisham binge. Um, I started with The Rainmaker and then I watched Runaway Jury, which you let me borrow. Great. And then I also have uh in in my that i own i have a two pack of the pelican brief and a time to kill so i basically just like watched all of those back to back in a weekend um and it was great and i loved it but um i there's something about the rainmaker and probably a lot of it has to do like my enjoyment of it probably has to do with the fact that it's set um in memphis and i grew up 90 minutes from Memphis. And so my family and I went there a lot. Um, John Christian's The Firm is also set in Memphis, but it's the like 
swanky Memphis. I mean, like, they literally have a scene, like, take place at the Peabody, which is, like, the fanciest hotel in Memphis. Um, and so, like, the Rainmaker, it's, it's the, it's the other side of Memphis. And there, you know, there are things in it that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's familiar. There, there's just <laughs> been, like, always been, like, a note of it that resonates with me. It's not so much, like, a binge recommendation as it is just a this movie is good it is a like you you can kill a couple of hours watching this movie and like it will be a couple of hours well worth spent um but you know as with as with you know all <laughs> like all john grisham things it's a you know a young lawyer in over his head things happen in this one you know matt damon is a young lawyer taking on um a uh, a fraudulent insurance company and it's literally like he passes the bar like at the beginning of the movie and like hasn't even gotten his license when he has to bring the case to court. <laughs> like he's very, very green. And this is, you know, <laughs> this is his first case. Um, but I, I, I love that movie and I, I always have like I for you know, for gosh, 20 something years now. I have I have loved this movie and I was I was very happy when I was just thumbing through Netflix the other night and and I saw that it was there and I was like oh why not I'll turn this on and I watched it it's like damn yeah this is a good movie so um that's my recommendation um I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with um with Netflix because that's where several of my other recommendations are from um one of them is um my next recommendation is uh, uh, The Stranger, and it's new. It's relatively new to Netflix. It is um, it is based on a Harlan Coben novel, and it's um, it follows the lives of suburban families whose secrets and lies are made public by the appearance of a stranger, and it stars. Richard Armitage, Hannah John Cammon, Derville Kerwin, um, Anthony Head, Stephen Ray, um, and I know there's there's a couple of other like British character actors that I'm forgetting. Uh, but I, like, I watched it because like I saw the I saw the trailer and literally, and I texted you this. I texted you this several weeks ago when I watched it that. I watched the trailer on Netflix and my thought process was, okay, it's Richard Armitage and Hannah John Cammon. They're both good actors, attractive people. I'm, and it's, you know, some sort of like intrigue, mystery kind of thing. Why not? I'm, I'm just going to turn this on and give it a go. By the end of the first episode, I was hooked. I like, I couldn't get enough. And I think it's like episode three or something like that. Hannah John Cannon and Anthony Head go toe to toe. And it is one of the most exquisite things I have ever seen. It was like watching live theater. It was, it was electric. It was intense. It was captivating. I, I could, I could list off a hundred adjectives to describe like what this one, like five minute scene is. And it was just, it was, it was, you know, like as an audience member, I recognized in that moment of like, 
I have just had the privilege of watching two master craftsmen at their trade. And I like, I texted you like, I don't give a damn what happens the rest of this series. I'm like, <laughs> it was worth it for this moment. Um, but I like, I like a lot of what my mother terms is like murder and mayhem shows. Um, and, and this, this is one of them. It's a lot of, um, it's just intrigue and and you know danger and lots of things going on and and there's there's a huge fucking mystery to be unraveled and like right there i'm like okay i'm i'm in i'm a sucker for that (laughs) my other my other two are much more um light-hearted fare (laughs) for for these dark and troubled times and they are both kind of tent poles of comedy one of them is the always amazingly brilliant uh monty python's flying circus which is on which is on netflix in its entirety and it ran from uh it ran from 1969 to 1974 i'm not sure about how many episodes there are but i mean all like the vast majority i guarantee of like all of the best like monty python things that you've heard of or like you've heard like pop culture pop culture references to the vast majority of them come from either the flying circus or monty python and the holy grail and um which if you can get your hands on on the four python movies um and now for something completely different holy grail uh, life of Brian and the meaning of life like those are an exquisite way to like to spend a day like watching those together um, but there there is something just so intensely wonderful about just sitting down and watching a like an entire episode or several you know if you want to binge but like there is just something so great about watching a like an encapsulated episode of 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 the flying circus because you know it's and it's like um it like things like with snl you know it it gets broken down into like oh this you know this particular sketch or you know this you know or like even in the case of like sitcoms this one particular scene that's funny but um in the case of monty python as opposed to something like SNL, Monty Python's Flying Circus, sometimes it's very, very, very tenuous, but there is usually a comedic thread that runs from the beginning to the end of the episode. And so sometimes with these like more like famous um, sketches, like, um, you know, like the Spanish Inquisition and the dead parrot sketch and, you know, the lumberjacks and, um, you know, marriage counselor argument, all of these kind of things, you you forget that those that sometimes there was a larger context for them. And um the 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 first episode, I rewatched it several months ago with somebody who had never somebody who was just getting into Monty Python and had never seen Flying Circus. And watch like rewatching the first episode, it is so absurd but it is so goddamn funny because there's this running joke of of like 
pigs like it, it's just like the theme of the episode is basically pigs and there's you will just hear this like pig squeal from like off camera and then somebody will put you know like they'll be they'll bring out like a tally board and i'll say like pigs and humans or something and somebody will like put down another hash mark it's just ridiculous and it is so good and i you know, i grew up in monty python like i i have a very deep-seated love of monty python and so i couldn't not <laughs> recommend binging monty python uh, have you is uh is the the behind the scenes thing still up not behind the scenes that they did the the documentary series was on netflix last time i checked i haven't looked in a while oh i um, i don't know um, it was really good because i've watched it too was it was it really the, good uh, yeah oh my gosh the whole, the, the yeah. whole lie or whatever it's called the, the, oh my gosh i've i've gone completely like what it's called but it's like you know monty python something something like the truth the lawyer's cut yeah um yeah effect, yeah, yeah it, i can never remember what it's called i own it it's in the next room um but yeah, it's, i watched it on netflix it was really fun too it's, if you, if you yeah, play Monty if, Python, it's a really fun and way um, to see behind the curtain yes and it's um it's like it's it, it's just a really great glimpse into like the thing that i love is that all of them talking about like what it basically came down to was like everybody just wanted the chance to work with michael palin because everybody mm -hmm. loved him um michael palin's the nice one mike yeah oh absolutely well, and I like that they don't shy away from talking about, like, there was tension between John Cleese and uh, everyone. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I like that they don't shy away from that. That they're like, yeah, oh, they that happened. Don't. That, was, that was a problem for us. And we worked it out and whatever now. But, but yeah, yeah it, it's because a lot of documentaries, like, make over the past. And they're like, no, it's great. We were all friends. Oh, no. They, they definitely. Like, no. They definitely don't do that. Like and they tell some really good story. <laughs> oh, they absolutely do. And that documentary Wait, sorry, that was off topic, but connected. no, no, that's perfectly that's fine. Um, I'm I'm always happy to talk more about Python because the and that <laughs> that documentary was actually made by Terry Jones's sons, Bill and mm -hmm. Ben. And yeah. and so uh, and there's and like any like you should you should get your hands on like the physical copy of that if you can. I mean, definitely stream it if you find it available. But uh, there's even some like other like behind the scenes stuff on the DVDs that gets into like other stories that didn't make like the actual documentary and like fuller interviews and things like that of like stuff that was on the cutting room floor. It's it's an absolutely fast. It's like a six part documentary, and it because basically yeah. you get like an episode of each of them like their early lives and then like how they came together and then, you know, the movies and reunions and things like that. It's so good. Um, I think it's a really cool supplement with the Monty Python show. Oh, it like, really, really cause is. Cause they, they talked about, like you brought up context and that made me think about it. Cause they do talk about the context of the show and the stuff they got in trouble for and the stuff they didn't get in trouble for and <laughs> the, how they were surprised on some of the stuff they didn't get in trouble for. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, they, they tell the, um, you know some of the like the legendary stories of uh of the the summarized proust competition sketch somebody it's literally like the joke is you know somebody like it's a group of people who are coming together to summarize proust that's 
that's the joke. And, um, but the punchline to this joke is, you know, it's like all these people are together. Like it's this huge event and, um, there's, there's like an announcer and like, you know, who's doing interviews with the contestants. And so you have Terry Jones says to, says to Graham Chapman, it's like, so, you know, what are your, what are your hobbies outside of summarizing? And Graham Chapman says, strangling animals, golf and masturbating. And, and it gets a huge laugh from the audience, but the BBC would not let them include the word masturbating. And, and so it becomes strangling animals, golf, long pause, huge eruption of laughter. And so, you know, so they like, they go into, you know, they, they tell the story of like them going into like, into the BBC to like, you know, fight for, and like, it just becomes this like absurd thing of like all of them like fighting and yelling and screaming at one another and then ultimately it, they still like they still cut the word and then but like i love because in the interviews like terry jones comes in okay comes in and he's like he's like apparently like strangling animals is totally fine but masturbating's not and, yeah <laughs> like you know uh. like they, they just tell like some of those stories and it's uh it's absolutely priceless definitely like if you get a chance to see to see the documentary i highly recommend it um but the last one on my list not an honorable mention uh the last one i'm going to include my absolute favorite television show of all time mash all 11 seasons of mash are available to stream on hulu right now and i I watch MASH at least, like, several times a week. I can basically quote everything from seasons four through about nine. Um, <laughs> um, if, you if you don't know anything about MASH, it's the, you know, the staff of an army hospital in the Korean War find that laughter is the best way to deal with their situation. Um, and you've, I mean, Alan Alda is the big star of the show. Mm -hmm. He was a creative consultant. He did a lot of writing and directing and, you know, he's the only one who's in every episode of the show. It's, you know, it's about the group of doctors, but it's mainly about Hawkeye and it's, um, you know, it's based on a novel and, and the novel was turned into the Robert Altman movie, uh, mash starring Donald Sutherland and so many other people. Um, and so then many. so many people, um, the movie is more of a, of a dark comedy laced with satire. Um, and <laughs> like, like all Robert Altman movies. And like, I, I say this all the time, like, like I will watch a movie and I'm like, that was really good. Nothing really happened, but it was really good. <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll look like, oh, it was a Robert Altman movie. That totally makes sense. Because it's just people living their lives. Because, like, you know, even in Robert Altman movies, I'm like, there's a thing that happens, you know, like, you know, like, there's one, it's like a murder mystery and, like, somebody dies. But even then, it's still just people going about, like, their daily lives. And so the extraordinary and like it still becomes mundane and so even like it's just like w the weird ticks that people have and all of this and so the movie is good i like the movie is very good but it's definitely more of a of a dark comedy the show 
of like oh it's it's just hard to the show itself the i mean it ran for it ran for 11 years it was on the show was on longer than the korean war happened it's always one of the that and the the finale being like the most watched thing yeah and those are the two big facts you always hear about mash yeah yeah, and and that's and i mean it basically still holds that record to this day and and now that we have now that streaming is so i mean and it's it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to have another hugely successful finale like that because at the time there were like three channels yeah, um, game of thrones is comparable but it didn't have the it didn't have the numbers it's the numbers it, because it's an hbo only and yes and yeah. so now you know you have you have shows today that garner millions and millions and millions of viewers but because streaming has fractured the way that we watch things now you know you're only HBO viewers are going to watch Game of Thrones. And, yeah. you know, I don't have an HBO subscription, so I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones. So I got to renew that. Westworld's back. That reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of come and go from HBO. I'm like, once once mm-hmm. season three of Big Little Lies, then, then, I'm, then I'm back. Um, but it... The thing, and the thing about MASH, it... Um, and this was something like I I texted you about because I listened to the I listened to the uh, the Brooklyn Nine Nine podcast hosted by Mark Evan Jackson. It's only six episodes because um, they basically kind of cover a season per episode. Um, and and Mark Evan Jackson, who he plays Captain Holt's husband Kevin Cosner um, on Brooklyn Nine Nine, he um, you know he hosts a show and he gets you know, the writers and producers and, you know, actors, and he gets all these people in to talk to the show. And in the very first episode, um, the, is like the head writer, like show creator and, you know, producer, they, you know, they were talking about how MASH was probably like their biggest influence on the show. And he said that, and I just like, that explains so much. <laughs> and, it really does. Yeah. yeah. And... And the th- you know the thing about Mash is like despite the fact that the show is on for eleven seasons, and I mean, and it's a sitcom, and it falls into a lot of sitcom tropes, but it never feels old. And the thing the thing about Mash, you know, it was a show that started out in seventy two and ran until eighty three. Um, literally, the show ended a year before I was born, and it is still my favorite television show. Um, like I, I watch it more than anything. And it was, it was a show made in the seventies set during the fifties. And it was about the Korean war as a protest to the Vietnam war. And, mm-hmm. and it the thing about mash is like, and especially since, you know, basically since my life, like most of my lifetime and, and especially like since, um, you know, since I was in high school and we had the Iraq war and, um, and everything mash is sadly kind of always relevant, um, in, in the, you know, in the message that it it puts forth and, and it's, you just have 
you know, it's this group of army doctors and they, they're facing truly terrible, awful things every day. And they, um, you know, and, but they have to, basically it's like, they have to laugh so they don't cry. And, and you get, uh, like, oh, I'll, I've, you know, I didn't mention, like, there's some other, like, really great people on the show. Um, like Mike Farrell, who plays, um, and I'm, I'm going to admit, m- most of my knowledge of MASH is only from season four on. I have seen the first three seasons. I don't, I'm, I am in the minority. I will admit this. I don't care for Trapper John as much as I do BJ Honeycutt. Um, there, I don't know. There was always just this little bit of a crueler edge to Trapper John that I didn't particularly care for. But season four is when Mike Farrell came in as BJ Honeycutt. And that's when you had Harry Morgan come in as Colonel Potter to take over as the new CO in season oh, six. Uh, in season six, you get David Ogden Stiers joins the cast, which mm. our listeners would probably know David Ogden Stiers best for like his work in so many Disney films. Like he's Cogsworth, he's, he's Cogsworth. Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah, he's Colonel Radcliffe. He's uh, oh gosh, I don't remember the alien's name, but he's he's one of the aliens um, in Lilo and Stitch. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was a prolific voice actor for a long time, but he... Funny enough, also in Stargate Atlantis. Just yes! <laughs> slide that in there. <laughs> um, yeah, he was in a lot of stuff. Oh, he, he absolutely was. And he, like, um, he, I don't know, there was something about, like, his character. He plays just this pompous ass, uh you know, from, from Boston and, um, you know, from this wealthy elite family and, um, the watching him and like watching Charles and BJ and Hawkeye watching them, like, like have a constant, like battle of wits. It, it brings me so much joy. Um, and, like one of my favorite gags on the show is that BJ is like a master prankster. And, um, and so he's able to pull off things like there's, there's an episode called the Winchester tapes where, and it's my, it's my favorite gag on the show. Um, like BJ takes Charles's like uniform and like hides it and puts another one up. And, um, and oh, yeah. yeah and so you know charles comes in and like suddenly like his his pants are like really really baggy bj's like oh well you know it's well you just have to eat more well i can't stand the food well like what you have to do is teach yourself internal propaganda you know basically like you know your your eyes and your mouth have to teach you like have to lie to your stomach and everything but like you know don't worry we'll have those pants filled up in no time and so they BJ and Hawkeye have him like eating like a horse for a month. And then he switches out the, um, he switches out the uniform again. And this Hawkeye says like, who's, who's these Levine's beanpole Levine. And so then they set, they step aside, they watch Charles put on this uniform, which is now like two sizes too small and he can barely button it. Like, oh, what seems to be the problem? Uh, well, I've I've put on about three inches around the middle. I mean, I've been eating like a horse 
for the last month. I, I need to diet and exercise like right now. And he takes off like on a jog and Hawkeye just goes, so what's next with him? And BJ just goes, starting tomorrow, he gets taller. And I don't know why, but it is the fucking funniest thing to me. And <laughs> it like, it's just an indication of like all of the shit that they do to each other, like just to pass the time. Um, and, you know, like, it is such an amazing ensemble cast of characters, and they work so well together, and I, I'm i going to stop myself, because, like, I could just ramble on about all of the episodes I love about <laughs> MASH. Um, but a couple honorable mentions that I had of, of ones that I just happened to see are, you know, are streaming. Um, you should check out. Um, and it's mainly, I mainly stuck with comedy. Uh, I think Bunheads is still on Hulu. I think so, yeah. Uh, with, you know, Sutton Foster, Kelly Bishop running a, a small town dance studio. It's it's hysterical, but there is so much heart to it. Um, and I, oh God, I loved it. It it kills me. Like, there's only one season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends kind of like... It ends like abruptly. Yeah. yeah. But... Because, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're we're just waiting to hear if we're going to come back for a season two. And then they weren't renewed. And they were like, yeah, well, that's okay. We really didn't know where we were going anyway. It's like, yeah. well, get assholes. To be fair, as much as I really like Amy Sherman Palladino's <laughs> writing style, kind of seems to be, like, the way she lives her life. Yes. Like, um, I also threw in um, uh, Dairy Girls. Cause I Great think show. I, there's only two seasons available. They're making a third and final one. Um, but it is okay. It's worth it. Just watching, you know, these, these like four teenage girls and one teenage boy, um, you know, in Northern Ireland during the troubles, <laughs> with, yeah. like during the, during the early nineties, like it's hysterical, but to me, the gold of that show is sister michael you can't you can't beat sister michael she like oh my god she gives me life i i just i love jerry girl so much and i am obsessed with it and i want everybody to watch it um and then lastly the other show that i watch if i'm not watching mash is the 2017 reboot of ducktales I had that and I took it off because I knew you were going to say it at some point. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, your your sister and I have both like been rewatching it religiously. And so now like mm-hmm. your sister and I can basically have entire conversations just quoting DuckTales. Well, she um, won't be watching it for the next month. I can pretty much guarantee you. Oh. Uh, because my mother thinks it's for children and so won't sit in the room when it's on. For shame. It's my so, mother. okay. You've but you've got you've got David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben Schwartz and Danny Pudi and uh Bobby Moynihan as mm-hmm. Huey as a uh, Huey Dewey. Huey Dewey. Not, I've got the order wrong, but um it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, um oh my gosh, I've gone completely blank on um on who plays uh, Kate Micucci. Yes. Sorry, I had Kirsten Yes, as as Webby, I had I had Kirsten Shaw's name in my head, and it would not leave for some reason. Um, like you have her as Webby, and then um, the um, like 
uh, oh gosh, like Paget Brewster comes in in season two as as the as the boy's mom. Um, Catherine Tate, Magica. Catherine Tate as Magica. There are so many good, um, so many good voice mm-hmm. actors on the show, and it is just so funny and it has so much heart and it is it is so enjoyable it is so fucking good and um yeah i i season i think here in the next couple of days season three comes out and i am yes i am so like like upset that i have to wait until the entire season has aired before it will be on disney plus I like I I want it so bad. Um but yeah, that that's those are my honorable mentions. Um I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit and let I'm just going to tell you all just it's a for your information. Um there are a few shows like where we like where we've talked about OTPs um that those some of those shows are are available for streaming. Um Eureka, I talked about Jack Carter and Allison Blake. Eureka is on Prime. Uh, Miranda, which was starring Miranda Hart and Tom Ellis. I covered Miranda and Gary. Uh, that is on on Hulu. Um, I did uh, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Pie Society for Juliet and Dawsey. It's on Netflix. Um and then um, I think because we uh, we did as a joint episode we did um, uh, Laura and Almanzo Wilder and I think I, I it's been a little while since I looked but I think Little House on the Prairie is still on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the last time I looked, um, and um, oh yeah. Uh, also, I was just, I don't know why it just took me until just now to think of this. The other, like one of the other joint OTPs that we did, mm-hmm. um, from uh, Percy and Vex from Critical Role, the first, like you can find the first season of Critical Role on YouTube, on the Critical Role YouTube channel. Um, yeah, there's a playlist set up for yes, it. Yes, there, there, there's a playlist for it. And the, the, I know it happened during campaign one that critical role has more hours of content than the Simpsons, which has been on for episode like 100 episode 100 is when it happened. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Critical role has more hours of content than the Simpsons, which has been on for like 30 something years. It's basically been on for the entire span of my life. So um, yeah, like you definitely check out critical role. Yeah, if, and it's something you're interested you're in, it. I was going to say, right now is the time to do it because they are on a break as well because yes. they're, they film every week. There's 99 episodes of Campaign 2 right now. And the last <laughs> yeah. episode the last episode that they got to do was the five-year anniversary of their streaming, of starting streaming the show. Mm-hmm. And then when they come back, episode 100 will be their first episode back of the second campaign. Yes. Um, and, and the second campaign is really good. It's a lot more gray um yes so yeah if you <laughs> yeah you can check out both of them for completely for free also if you're looking for something the same kind of format but shorter there's a show called undeadwood uh mm-hmm. that is really good it's, it's based in the deadwood universe it's basically uh, it's got a, some of, yeah it's basically an rpg miniseries yeah and it's got some of the main cast from critical role as well as a few extra people like kari payton 
and Anjali, whose last name I just left my head. I don't um, remember they're either. <laughs> but they're amazing in it. And like, I was going to throw in Deadwood out there before we got off too, because all three of those things are completely entirely free on the Critical Role YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, always free, always there. They're also available in podcast form. Um, yeah, Critical but, yeah. Role has a, has a podcast where they yeah, yeah. They, they converted everything to audio mm-hmm. so so you miss some jokes sometimes if you're not watching yes but there there but are yeah, visuals sometimes yeah it's just it's just fun like halloween episodes it, come to mind yeah <laughs> but it's it's a nice thing if you're working and you you don't have to have like you know a phone call or whatever it's a nice thing to have on in the background even yes like to get because the episodes are long like we talk about in our episodes talking about them yeah, they are long. They, they average so, like four, like four, four and a half hours. Yeah, least. I think like five and a half is their longest, I think. Yes. But yeah, so I mean, if you if it's something you think you might be interested in, this would be the time to do it because mm-hmm. you got it. You got the time. So did uh, did you have any others that you wanted to throw out there, Dolly? It did pop into my head there because I'm going to throw out the movie Knives Out. Uh, which is a newer movie. Oh, it's so good. Um, I just watched it. You saw it in theaters. I just watched I it with my husband the other day. Um, yeah, we really, really like it. Um, and I'm on K-dramas. So, you know, find a good K-drama that's just fun and silly. <laughs> um, because this is my first life on Netflix comes to mind. Yes. Um, that's just fun. It it has a, a feminist message. That particular one does. Like a woman punches a dude in the face that's been at the end of it. That's been, you know degrading her for her sex for the whole show yes. workplace and she just walks in and hauls off and punches him and it's the best moment <laughs> in the series <laughs> because i love seeing that happen but yeah like that kind of thing is always fun but find something that's fun that just lets yeah. you forget what's going on for a little that's, while and yeah that's that's kind of why i leaned into like comedies a little bit with well, um, i was like i was like what can we dive down the rabbit hole for didn't think about 12 monkeys and you know viruses until after i had talked about it <laughs> But you know, but but freaking Contagion was like the most watched movie. Of course, when this whole thing so started, many, I mean, it's like Contagion and um the thing, and so, there's something else that are like that were trending one day, and I was like, these are my people. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> like I mean, because I I am dark and twisted like that. That's if you the- want worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then, like the beginning of 12 monkeys is for you oh, yeah. but like i've tried to pick stuff with like just expansive that i i just really enjoy mm-hmm. but yeah but yeah so that's it for me yeah um i i don't really have anything else to add either so uh guys you know, let us you know when 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 this goes out on on social media and everything just let us know what you're watching to pass the time like we're always we're always interested in recommendations too so we're always looking for new things yeah <laughs> I mean, it's gonna it's gonna take us a long time, but we I mean we we're all you know looking for OTPs too, like always, I'm always happy to find a new OTP. So, uh, but yeah, let us let us know what you guys are watching. Let just let us know how you're how you're passing the time in isolation. Like, let's all you know stick together and and you know we'll we'll get through this eventually so um but i think that will get it for this episode of couch buddies as always we thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time bye bye if you enjoyed this episode of couch buddies why not leave us a rating and review over on itunes and while you're at it don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode 
If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.